You're listening to the Womanpreneur Podcast. Empowerment in business and life. Hey, 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 welcome back to another fun episode of the Womanpreneur Podcast. My name is Melissa Motes, and I am here with my awesome friend, Amanda McEwen. Hello. Hey, girl. Hi. How's everything? Everything is everything. Everything That's is everything. That's how you're getting out of me. She is just... <laughs> naughty no it's just it's funny like for for some reason that question how are you i, I don't like it yeah. it's a thing that my brother and i have have dealt with and and my poor mom has had to deal with also because she asks the question and never gets answers from us but it's more that how are you it's such a loaded question there's not a simple like the polite answer is just say i'm fine thanks how are you but right. really you could be a hundred different things at any one time so yeah that's it's, true I don't feel like it's an honest answer to just say fine or, but, but nobody wants to hear the whole diatribe of how, right. all the ways that you are. Well, I do. Okay. I want to know all the ways that you are, <laughs> but we, we only have so much time exactly. in this episode. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and talk about it later. But, um, I am doing outstanding. Oh, was I supposed to ask how you were doing? No, it's fine. I, I'll <laughs> Maybe tell you I how did I'm doing. You did, but I'm doing really great, and I'm really glad be. to be here. It's uh, it's Friday. No, it's not. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> it's Wednesday all day. <laughs> Well, and, like, uh, maybe it's Friday. We, we don't know when you're watching. We don't know when you're listening. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And uh, I'm just, I'm in a good, I'm in a good place today. No, She's wearing good. some very sparkly black shoes. If you see them in the camera here. Yeah. They're bedazzled. <laughs> very much so. I have bedazzled feet and they make me very happy. Okay. But we are talking today <laughs> about roadblocks. I'm not talking about the actual physical roadblock of something in the middle of the road when you're driving, but it could be that. It could be that. But <laughs> we're talking more figuratively mm -hmm. and we're talking about how we all have them in our lives. And, you know, we are kicking off a new year and we're, we're oftentimes geared up to try new things. And then a roadblock will appear. And Sometimes it's really hard to get over that roadblock. We can psych ourselves out very easily at the first thing that kind of slows us down with that new direction we're headed. And um, we're just going to talk about different ways to kind of face that and overcome it. Yeah. You got to put on your sparkly black shoes and just kick that thing out of the way. <laughs> you do. Got to kick it to the curb. I don't have sparkly black shoes. I'll buy you some. I, no, thank you. We could trade outfits one day. <laughs> that is an idea that Troy has had, and I don't think will ever happen. But you never know. It it's a new year. New things could, could be on, on the horizon. Yes. <laughs> well, for me, whenever I have dealt with a roadblock, and I mean, there are all kinds of roadblocks that happen, big and small. Um, one of the things that I like to do is if I find myself psyching myself out about something that I was just psyching myself up about, uh, I like to call someone that I love who is like a major cheerleader in my life to just remind me that I'm awesome and that I can do anything I set my mind to. You are awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. But, but there, there's, there's a few people, there are a few key people in my life that I will call and I will turn to if I need a pep talk. Mm -hmm. And I think it's 
it's a good idea right now to just stop and think about who are your biggest fans. Who are the people who are always cheering for you? Who are the people who are always like, you can do anything, you can do this, I believe in you, and everything you do, they they just think it's awesome. Um, those are the people you call right? those, <laughs> when, those you're, are <laughs> when you're not feeling like you can do something or you're doubting yourself or a road, a roadblock presents itself. Um, that's something that I've found to be very helpful and just to kind of, um, just reset. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times it's us that's in the way. It's yeah. not, not us as in Melissa and I, but us, it's people you have to get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's really easy to talk yourself out of doing something. Mm-hmm. And that's usually driven by fear or something else that's not really true. Not that fear isn't true, but it's easier to tell yourself, oh, I don't want to do that than yeah. to really put yourself out there and do it. I, there are two things that I, um, I listened to a lot of audiobooks, and there were two things that I picked up that really stuck with me regarding fear and procrastination, which really, um, they're kind of synonymous in a lot of ways. One of the things that I picked up was Jen Sincero from the Badass series. She says procrastination is fear um, in the form of breaks. And I really liked that concept Mm -hmm. that basically when you're procrastinating, um, that is a roadblock that we can create for ourselves. Um, and procrastination really is us oftentimes stopping or putting something off because we're just afraid, you right. know? And I was like, yeah, Jen Sincero, way to get that <laughs> so right. That's a really good sentence to just mm-hmm. kind of remember. Um, Sometimes I think it's because you're not quite ready or you're, t- you're subconsciously telling yourself you're not ready yet. Yeah. When you are... You just have to put yourself out there and do it. Yeah. But it's it's easier to say, I'm not ready yet, or I need to do this other thing first, or to find any reason other than the truth, again, to do it. And and it's I don't always think it's a conscious decision. I think sometimes we want to do it. Mm-hmm. We, th- we know we can do it, but it's still scary. So Absolutely. we find other things that might take priority, even though they shouldn't. It's like, right. we're going to go well, do this thing Well, we make other things a priority right. because yes. it's safer yeah. and it feels more comfortable. And, you know, growth doesn't happen inside of our comfort zone. It happens outside of our comfort zone. So you have to get a little uncomfortable to, you know, to make those big strides. But another thing that I really, really appreciated about fear was um, in the Everything is Figureoutable book Mm. by Marie Forleo, she was talking about how fear is actually your friend. And instead of thinking about fear in a bad way, she talked about thinking about fear as your internal GPS. Mm-hmm. And that fear, we when we think about f- fear in some ways, we think of like, okay, fear is telling your body danger. Like, you know, don't go engage with that tiger over there. You know, <laughs> it might eat you. <laughs> um, or don't step out into traffic because you can get hurt or get killed or whatever. Um, so those are, those are certain types of fears that our, our body, our instincts say, you know, danger, danger, mm-hmm. stay away. But when we think of fear in the, the ways of like pursuing a new dream or pursuing a goal or something that's like 
different for our body, our body feels that same fear you know, our body is familiar with that fear feeling and it says, oh, it alerts us to think that doing this new thing is danger, right? Danger ahead. Um, but it's really not. It's really fear in this case is saying to you, okay, proceed with caution. This is different. And sometimes it's um, the other side of your, you know, you've got your like your little I don't know, angel on one shoulder and your devil <laughs> on the other or whatever. That's like a fun little visual um, saying like, yeah, you can do this. You're amazing. And then the other voice is like, you can't do that. What do you think? You're crazy. You know, you're going to fail, you know, or whatever. Um, fear is just in this case saying, proceed with caution. Be careful. This is different. And, mm -hmm. um, but she really puts a lot of emphasis on fear being your friend. And I, I like that. I think fear is a motivator, at, yeah. at least for me, because mm -hmm. it's easy to just do the things that you're already comfortable with doing all the time. But again, that to me feels stagnant. It's There's no growth that's happening if you're only doing the same things all the time. Yeah. I like to be pushed a little bit. And I have to be the one pushing myself. If somebody else tries to push me to do something, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, that's my inner rebel. We've talked about that a little bit. I love but, it. I mean, you tell me I can't do something, that's going to motivate me to do it. But you And I think a lot of us are wired that way. Yeah. Like if somebody challenges us, it's like, really? Mm -hmm. You know? So um, that's, that's something to look at. I like it that. It probably goes back to the high five thing. You're trying to make me do it and I don't want to. And my stubbornness and really maybe if you would have let it go the first time, it probably would have been fine, but you had to keep pushing. I know. And then I had to put, dig my feet in and just say, nope. I got a little carried happen. away. I got a little carried away. <laughs> it's okay. But I, I think when you feel that fear, it doesn't mean you're going to go run up and pet the tiger. Right. Because we know better than that. But it's knowing that difference. Okay. Yeah. Is this dangerous in the in that in that real sense of danger? Yeah. Or is it just scary because it's new, because it's different, because you're pushing yourself to get out of that comfort zone? And when you do that, you're risking failure. Right. And that's such an ugly word. I don't like the word failure. Even just saying either. it, I just don't like it because I don't really feel like it it's something- It doesn't belong in your mouth. It, it does not. <laughs> but I feel like when, just because you try something and it doesn't work, I don't like the word failure because I think that when it doesn't work, there's still a lesson in there. There's something yeah. good that comes out of it. You're always learning. So you're never failing. You're always mm -hmm. just- learning and growing and course correcting. But the other thing I was just going to say when you were talking about, um, petting tigers, well, petting tigers. Yeah. Hold on. It, it just <laughs> escaped me. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. But you were talking about failure. Oh, I know what it was. Um, a really good question you can ask yourself is what's the worst thing that's going to happen and being really real with that answer, right. because I think sometimes we don't want to be that honest with ourselves, like really to strip it down that till it's mm -hmm. naked. We, we also you know? like to give ourselves way too much importance on the things that we're doing. Yes. When really it, it comes down to it, is somebody going to die? Yeah. I mean, are their lives at stake if you don't get this thing right? Right. What's the worst that could happen? Are you The, the worst that could happen usually is it comes down to being afraid about what other people think. That's right. really yep. the approval of others mm -hmm. is usually the, the really big 
core. Uh, it could be your family. It could be your friends. It could be, you know, your, your colleagues or peers. Um, most of the time mm -hmm. it comes down to that. And you know, it's a, a big issue when Instagram is talking about taking away the ability to see how many people have liked a post. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's happening or they're just talking about it, but at, at least at the time that we're recording, it's not official yet. But I think it's great because that's, we're putting way too much weight on mm -hmm. the number of likes, followers, all those things on social media. And it doesn't matter, but all it does is sets us up for disappointment because we're, we are looking for that approval from others. Yes. And sometimes way too much, way too fast to the point where if it doesn't get the reaction you were hoping for right away, then you recoil inside. And a, a lot of times it's when somebody decides to share something really personal and maybe they don't get the outpouring of affection that they're looking for, or they don't get the way, hey, great job, way to go. Whatever it is that they're looking for, they're not getting, and then it backfires internally mm -hmm. because they make it so personal mm -hmm. when really people might not have seen it. The algorithms have changed. Maybe somebody's just scrolling through. Maybe people are busy. We don't know what's going on in everybody else's lives. Mm -hmm. So to make the assumption that they're a thinking and looking at everything, that, thinking about you and looking at everything you're doing, probably not true, mm -hmm. that their lack of liking something means that they, they don't, don't care, care, which is ridiculous because there's all kinds of stuff that I've not seen or missed right. of other people. And mm -hmm. they're like, they'll talk to me as though I should know what's okay. going on in their life because they posted about right. it on social media. And yeah. I'm like, I don't really spend very mm -hmm. much time on social media and I'm so sorry I missed that, but thank you for mm -hmm. sharing that with me right now organically in person yeah. and let's hug it out, you know? I, um, I've been called out for missing events that I never knew I was invited to because they sent an invitation via Facebook or something and maybe I got a notification, but as we've talked about, I clear my notifications because the circle buzz, bugs me, yeah. but it doesn't mean that I actually saw what it was and yeah. sometimes I might be in the middle of something, I see that it comes through and I just never, I don't have the time in that moment and I don't think to go back. I don't use Facebook events, but there have been times where I was like, well, I invited you and you just didn't even respond. It's like, I didn't know. Did you text me? Because the phone's a pretty easy way to get in touch with me. Gosh. But the other thing that I wanted to add to what you were saying was I was recently reading about how um, these tech minds that are behind building all of these different apps and platforms and even just the way that our cell phones work from the, the notification sounds, those are all triggers that are researched to stimulate our minds in a way that make us feel like it's similar to like if you were playing a slot machine and you know you win and then it, it makes a certain sound and then our body gets excited and then we feel like a certain rush you know that kind of adrenaline or there's there's a release of some kind of chemical or hormone in our body that makes us feel good. I guess I, I, it was, I think it was endorphins, but it was something else too. But what they were talking about was every single one of these, um, um, notifications from a text that you get to, uh, notification sounds when people are liking your stuff on social media or the way that you feel when you look and see that people are responding to your posts, et cetera. 
all of this is designed to, to make you feel a certain way. And it's meant to get you addicted to that feeling mm-hmm. and wanting more. And it's kind of like you always want to get a higher high. So people will put more posts out there waiting to get more responses. Right. And it's this whole thing. And it's there's a lot of psychology behind it and a lot it's 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 not an accident that it's it's been created this way so it's one of those things where you have to remember that you're in control of you and what matters most is what you think and how you feel about your life and don't always go out looking for everybody else's validation Mm -hmm. on everything that you're doing in your life you validate it for you you say I'm doing a great job. I'm having a great day. And um, and keep your circle tight, you know? Look for the, if you're looking for valid- validation from anybody, think of the people in your life that mean the most to you and you love the most and they love you the most and they care about your well-being and your life. See what they think if you want to care, if you want to know about what anybody else thinks, you and know? Also people who want the same things in their lives. Yeah. Because I run into that quite often because I don't want kids. And that's... Yeah. It's it's much more common now, but I have certain friends who I've known for a long time who have big families and they love all their kids and I think that's great for them. Yeah. But they get very judgmental about my life because in their eyes I have to be unfulfilled because mm-hmm. I don't. Ha- I had a friend that and she once like basically said she pitied me and it cracked me up. I'm like, okay, so I'm traveling the world and I'm doing all these fun things and I love my life, but because I don't have what you think I should want, mm-hmm. you feel sorry for me? I, I don't quite understand that. But there, everybody has different things that we want in mm-hmm. life. And so when you're doing that direct comparison of she has this and I don't, or I have this and she doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You're not com- always comparing Apples yeah. to apples, as they say, because it, and that, that's why the comparison gets so ugly sometimes because it's, it's irrelevant yeah. in so many ways. And I always think like if you are looking at something, especially on social media and it makes you feel badly, mm-hmm. stop looking at it. Yeah. Unfollow that person or block them or mute them or do whatever you need to do. If it's a negative influence, get rid of it. Yeah. Just stop. And it's because it's that psychology, though. It's like it's almost like people want to see the things that are going to make them feel badly mm-hmm. just because as a, an excuse to not move forward. And I think sometimes it's just because people want to feel. Mm-hmm. And if they feel badly, at least they're feeling something, you know. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think some people, they just they'll they'll put themselves through that, that they're comfortable with the with feeling bad. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that is a, a muscle that they flexed so many times that it's just what they know. And, um, and you, you want to feel good. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's at the end of the day, we all want to feel good and we all deserve to feel good. Right. But think about how many people self-sabotage yeah. because they're scared of being happy or they're mm-hmm. scared of being successful. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of that takes place in the subconscious level, kind of in the back of your head, but it's, really deeply ingrained in a lot of people that things are going really well and they're looking for a problem. Like I can't, like, oh, I, I, something bad's going to happen because things are going too well. I I just had a tea with a friend yesterday and she was talking about this new relationship that she's in and she's so happy and everything is great. And it, and then she just said, and it's, it just seems too good to be true. So I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then she had to catch herself and she's like, I know I'm not allowed to do that. 
And, but, but that's the instinct for a lot of people. It's that things are too good. Like what, what's going to happen now to ruin this? But sometimes nothing happens. Sometimes yeah. things don't get ruined. They just sometimes, get to stay good. Or they get even better. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think we need to open ourselves up more to that, mm-hmm. that things are great and they are beautiful and they can get even better. Um, one thing I wanted to add to what you were saying regarding the comparison and mm-hmm. looking at other people on social and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was also, something I read recently was about envy. Mm-hmm. And if you catch yourself being envious, envy, being envious is, is similar to being jealous. But when you're envious of someone, it's being jealous of someone having something or having their life be a certain way. And you're so jealous of them that you also have this extra thing you add to it, which is you don't think they deserve it. Like that's, that's what this, this thing that I was reading Hmm. said. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so icky. It's interesting too, because I I won't use the word jealous uh, in describing me. Like if, if I see that somebody's on a trip somewhere and it's somewhere I want to go, I would never say I'm jealous because I think jealous is, that's what I think for me, that's what jealousy is. It's you want what they have and you don't want them to have it. Where to me, I think envious means I I envy that. I, I would like to have that but without negating what they have. Like it's good for you for being on that trip. Right. I would like to be there too. Right. But I'm happy for you for being there. The way in this scenario they described it was envy is being so jealous that there's this additional Hmm. layer to it of I don't want you to have it. You don't deserve to have it. And how unhealthy that that thought process is. And it's one of those things where um, but I, I, I don't the agree way, with it. The way that you describe yeah. it, no, I'm, I totally agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But when I read it, I was like, wow, it's just a terrible thought to me that other people could be feeling that way yeah. about other people. And you want to think good for everyone and you want mm-hmm. everyone to have good in their lives and you want them to even have better because it's, it's just, it's such a supportive, loving, whole way to feel in your heart, you know? Well, yeah, it's regardless of what the word is, the idea behind that, it just, it makes me sad. Me too. Because again, and that, that's a roadblock right there. Yeah. That feeling that other people don't deserve it if you don't have it. Right. I that, that and that that's that's deep with some people, and mm-hmm. I I don't think if they're being honest with themselves that they really think that nobody else deserves good things. It's more it's that self confidence or lack thereof. It's the the lack mm-hmm. of self esteem or the insecurity that says, well, I don't have these things, and I feel badly. And it's not that person making me feel badly. It's just I see what he or she has, and I want it, and I don't have it, mm-hmm. and the instinct then becomes to sabotage it for somebody else but that that's yeah that's not good I I don't I don't like that at all no I don't like it either but it was just an interesting thing that it was it was some content that I had engaged with and I was like huh Hmm. interesting thought and another thing too I was just um, my sister-in-law is in town and she and I were having a conversation this morning on a walk and a mutual person that we know in our life came up in conversation and she was talking about, she kept saying, there's, 
there's a word and I can't think of the word to describe this person's um, negativity um, because she had to engage with this person recently. And she said, I can't think of it. And I can't think of it. And, and she was trying to say all of these other words. And then she said, <laughs> well, she's just super materialistic. Um. And I was like, yeah, where people put a lot of weight in to what they have, like the, the stuff, things. the yeah. things. <laughs> and I mean, of course, we all have different things in our life that maybe are sentimental to us or um, they somehow um, mean, you know, you accomplished and you, you, it was an achievement to get this thing, you know, mm -hmm. buy this car or this home or right. this really cool whatever, fill in the blank or whatever. But some people... Um, they, they think that that means everything, you know, um, they it, define themselves by the things that they have, they their put, possessions. They put their self, their self value their self on the price of the things that they own. Yeah. And, and, uh, we were just talking about too, how, um, we you know we live in this Amazon world, this Amazon society where, you know, we're always buying stuff and, you know, we can click and buy something so fast because oftentimes maybe there's something inside of us that's missing. There's something inside of us that we're trying to fulfill. So buying more stuff is going to somehow fill that void within us when it's really more about taking the energy, the time, the care, the love to, you know, mm -hmm. to put it toward you as a person, right. you know, and not all of these other things. These are all just ideas. Yeah, I'm we, not saying any of these are my opinions, <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah. it's but interesting. We know that I love Amazon because they bring me too. things that I don't when have. I said oh, Amazon. It's more because the smile on the box is not going to make you smile yourself. And then right. I know how cheesy that sounds, but that's the thing is people are looking for validation in things. Right. And it's, it's not going to happen because those things can go away. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who, once they put their self-worth dependent on the things that they own. Well, mm -hmm. what happens when you don't have that the same income anymore? Because mm -hmm. again, we never know what's going to happen, but the type of person you are, that's not going to change or hope, we hope it doesn't change. Your character is right. worth its weight in gold. Right. It doesn't yeah. take away any experiences that you had. I always say that I, I'm a, an experienced person versus a things person. Mm -hmm. I don't care about the stuff. I, it's not, it doesn't matter to me. Right. Um, and it's, it's funny. I mean, I, I will drive the same car for years. My current car is seven years old and I have no intention of getting anything new because it gets me to where I need to go. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to pay. For, I mean, it's been paid off for a long time. I don't have a car payment because I don't want one of those. And I don't care I, that, that it's not, it, it's a Prius. It, so it saves yeah. me money. It's economical. I've, I've been driving a Prius since 2006. This is the second one. So I think my entire life, let's put it this way, I, at the time of this recording, I'm 38. I've had four cars my entire life. And I, got, I bought my first one when I was 16. Check you out. Well, I've had because, more cars than that. Well, yeah. I, and there's nothing but, wrong with, with getting new cars yep. and getting new things. Because especially, I think you should celebrate your successes when you get them. Yep. And, and if you feel better having, like I know you're a purse girl. Yes. You love to have a nice bag. I am very happy with my $12 Target bags that I will use for two years if I can. But again, we're different people. Right. So it's not for me to say, why would you spend your money on that bag? It's just a thing to hold all your stuff and you have to carry right. around stuff. That's from my point of view. Yep. For you, it's... A guilty pleasure. Well, but, but why? Like, why do you feel good? 
Um, I just, I, I just, that's something I'm attracted to. I like mm-hmm. a really nice designer bag. I don't know. I just, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things that it lights you up. It I mean, does. just talking about it I now, love, there's a little extra sparkle in your eye. And I could, I think deep down in my soul, there's, this might be something I do in my retirement is become a bag designer. <laughs> I just think they're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I like the way they look. I like the way they feel. <laughs> I like to carry. I like the, just like the way that, you know, a cross body bag <laughs> looks and feels. I like the way, you know, a single strap shoulder bag can feel. Not a double strap because then you got a second strap keeps falling off your shoulder. It's terrible. But I think I could be a really good bag designer. I think Michael Kors might want to team up with me. Okay. Okay, let's Michael put that out and I, there in and, the world. And my my uh, maiden name, my initials were MK. Oh, so I feel sort of like a connection. Michael Kors and I yeah. were homies. He doesn't <laughs> okay. know it, but but it's, it's coming. Cool. It's happening. It's coming. But that's what even things like that though. And we we talk about mindset on here a lot. But it's a huge roadblock for a lot of people is having the wrong mindset. And that's the I don't. I can't. I don't have this. I. I wish I'm trying. Right. Those are all words that, um, you know, kind of defeat you before you even get started instead of I am Mm -hmm. or I have. um, Even if you're not comfortable with that, because it's funny for me and my super logical brain, I can't say to myself, I am some like, or I have something that I don't have. Like, I know that's, that's a mindset trick. I can't do it because to me it feels dishonest because it's not true in that moment, but it's still the mindset of it is possible. Mm-hmm. And that's because I have a weird brain. And my brother, if he's listening, is probably the only one who understands why that is because it's just logically not correct. <laughs> but right. but it's that focus on the positive things and take, it's like slowing down and saying, okay, I, I'm, I see this big picture. Here are the things that I'm going to do. And this is the way that I'm going to do it. But when you look at it as too big, that can be a giant roadblock too. Because And a lot of things that I hear from people, especially when they're trying to start a business, is I don't know what I don't know and I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And so they get so overwhelmed with thinking about all the things that they don't do anything. Yeah, they're like paralyzed. Right. Yeah. And we, I know we've talked about that in some of the past episodes about breaking it down and goal setting and mm-hmm. doing things in smaller steps and little pieces at a time. But I think that's one of those big things and when you're identifying what your roadblocks are. Mm-hmm. Is it something like time? I don't have enough time to do this. You do have enough time. But if you need to do it, even if you have to get so specific as to schedule a time, which I do recommend, it might sound mm-hmm. silly, but even if you're starting with 15 minutes a day and this, oh, it just kind of sparked something in Lauren Graham's book in her autobiography, she was talking about writing because she's an actor, but she wanted to write and it was difficult for her. And she had, somebody had advised her to get one of those egg timers. Mm-hmm. And basically she had to put herself in a, in a situation and set that timer. And that time was dedicated to writing. Even if she never got a word down on the page, it's, she sat sitting at the desk or whatever it was. I'm, I'm not being accurate with my facts right now. It's been a long time since I read the book, but it was good. You should read it. But it's just that it's, if you need to take steps to get away from that roadblock, it's, fig- it's putting the time in and saying, I'm going to take, start with something small, like 15 minutes to where it's in your calendar. You're going to get an alert for it. And in that time, you're going to put everything else away and you're going to focus on that first piece 
that it's going to get you to the next part of mm -hmm. your journey. And even if you do, even if you get writer's block or whatever's stopping you from doing it and you don't accomplish anything in that 15 minutes other than sitting there and thinking about it, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And then, but you make it a regular routine and you keep doing it and then things happen and then you start expanding. Well, I can do it for 15 minutes. What if I could do it for 20? And you keep creating the extra time. And if a lot of times when people are trying to do that, they think about what they're sacrificing. Oh, but if I spend 30 minutes doing this and I can't do something else, it's like, but what else are you doing? And I, again, because I always feel like people make excuses. Like, are you watching TV? Mm -hmm. And that's great. It's okay to watch TV, but TV is probably not going to be as rewarding for you as accomplishing this giant goal. Yeah. <laughs> or are you on social media looking at whatever, making yourself Feeling badly feel about bad? yourself? Yeah. yeah. So um, I think it's just, there's a lot to be said for taking time or making time to create, to, to build, to, um, because that's to me how you are going to continue to grow as a person is by creating, building, taking time to kind of with your own two hands or with your mind, your heart, apply yourself in, in a new way. And it's progress. And, you know, you said the word stagnant earlier, and I love that word because no one likes that feeling of mm -hmm. stagnant where it's like, they're always the same. Everything is the same. Um, you know, it, it can be comfortable in certain ways, but really I think the biggest gift that we can give ourselves is to always be in a constant state of progress. Mm -hmm. And progress doesn't have to be huge. It can just, it can be in the smallest way that you are, it, it, you might not even think you can measure that progress in that day or that week or mm -hmm. that month because it feels like it's so small but it compounds over time. And then all of a sudden you'll say, oh my gosh, I did that, mm -hmm. I built that, or I created that, or I worked toward that goal. Um, but progress is key. You always wanna be making progress. And I think that if uh, you're doing it in the smallest way, mm -hmm. you're gonna feel good. And sometimes you have to trick yourself, I think. And mm -hmm. it, because the other big one that I always hear about roadblock wise, it's always money. Nobody ever has enough money, mm -hmm. but it's, it's Again, you can start small and can you go to Starbucks one less time a week? Can you eat fewer meals out and spend more on your groceries so you can make food at home? It's going to save you a lot of money. And we know how I feel about food prep. Yeah. <laughs> but, but just there's something, I mean, can you cut back on your cable or can you eliminate one streaming service or start with something small mm -hmm. to create that extra money? But it's, there's kind of a mental trick that comes into play to make sure that you just don't spend it on something else. Right. And so I am a big fan of taking that money and putting it into a savings account. But even things like I said, when I, when I bought my car, since I was talking about that, I paid it off early just because I, I don't like to have payments and that's what I do. But even after it was paid off, I continue to this day, I still make a monthly car payment to myself. I just put the same amount that I was putting towards the car, I put in a savings account mm -hmm. because I, I had the money. Obviously, I was making the payments so I could afford it, but I didn't want that money to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So it's just set up as an automatic transfer every month. So it's the same as I'm making a car payment because that's that way, good. if this car blows up or a tiger gets it or whatever happens right. to it, then I'm not panicked that I don't have enough money to buy a new car because I saved all this money. Yep. 
Not a big deal. Another thing too regarding money is to add to what you're saying is, yeah, there's always ways to trim the fat, right? It's like cut back on, you know, a certain bill or, you know, um, save in a certain way. But sometimes it's the mindset shift of, okay, what else can I do to make more money? You know, what is some stuff that I have that I could sell? What do I have laying around in my Mm -hmm. garage or whatever that I can sell to to turn into money that I need to start this business or to do this thing or to educate myself and take this class or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be? Or what's some kind of a part-time job that I can pick up? How can I make more money to work toward my goal you know, in addition mm-hmm. to, um, you know, doing yeah. some of the stuff that you mentioned. So sometimes it's not how can I cut back, but it, it could you could look at it from the other set of eyes, which is how can I make more to work toward this goal or a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And my friend Danny has this really great project. It's, it's a find the money project. It's a course that she offers and there's some free parts and some paid parts. But a lot of it is just starting from what you already have. And I, I remember talking to her back a couple years ago because one of the big things to start with is she always says, eat all the things. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, you go to the grocery store. Well, I know you buy the same groceries every week like a weirdo, but that's that's fine. But most, I keep it simple. <laughs> but a lot of times people stock up and they go to the store and they buy new things for that week and then come back and like, oh, I already had that. And so one of the things is, can you make enough meals for the week out of everything that you already have? Use up that stuff in your pantry and your freezer. I can't do this because I don't keep stuff. I would be horrible in an apocalypse or zombie situation because I don't, I don't really eat frozen foods or canned foods. So there's very little other than what I need for the week. There's a few things in there, but it's not going to sustain me for days at a time. But really it's that we keep buying more beauty products is a big one. Like how many almost empty jars of something do you have at home? Like, Oh, I'm almost out of shampoo and you buy a new one, but you have almost empty, but not quite bottles that just stack up. And it's like, use all those things before you buy something new. That's really good advice. Things like call your phone company and see if there's any discounts or there's all for me. And you might appreciate this. There's little DIY projects that save me money. Uh, I think I told you at one point I make, I make my own soap because I came to this realization that the little bottles of foaming hand soap or whatever they are, they cost like three or four bucks at the store three ingredients that it takes to actually make those. And it's a Castile soap, uh, coconut oil and essential oils. And you can make it any scent you want because there's a million different essential oils out there. But it's so simple and you buy, you spend the money up front. And I think I had one bottle of the coconut oil that lasted me a year and a half. And it, it's become such a huge, not only is it is beneficial financially, but then it doesn't have all the unnecessary chemicals and ingredients and things that you don't need in your body anyway. Yep. I'm really particular about that stuff. You have more control over it, which is great. And it, it, it always made, makes me laugh. It's like, yeah, I make my own soap, but it saves me money. Same thing with salad dressings and things like that. You, you don't need to spend all the money on a bottle of salad dressing when you can put some oil vinegar and a few other things together Two and, and make it tasty. But um, I know you don't like to cook, but I, I don't know if that's well, really cooking. That's just putting stuff together and mixing it. It's fine. <laughs> when, when Troy first met me, and he was over visiting me at my apartment one day. This is, I was like, you know, in my early 20s. And um, he opened up my refrigerator. <laughs> this is probably <laughs> one of the funniest moments of our early relationship. He opened up the fridge. <laughs> and you know what was in my refrigerator? An orange. No. Oh, mine. 
with a, a small little can of Folgers coffee, um, some coffee creamer, <laughs> and some deli turkey meat. That was it? That was it. Oh, wow. And because I pretty much lived off of t- uh, uh, turkey sandwiches, <laughs> coffee, and then I would just conveniently go to Taco Bell whenever yep. necessary. Right. That, that was a long time ago. But he was like... <laughs> He was so, this was, it blew his mind what was in my refrigerator. <laughs> or what wasn't in what your refrigerator. Was in my refrigerator. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't realize that the coffee addiction went that far back. Oh, it goes deep. I, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, since I was like a you've just, early teen. You've moved on from a can of coffee in your refrigerator, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was, I just used to buy Folgers back in the day because I didn't know any better. I didn't know that there was a big wide big world of coffee of choices available to me. <laughs> but uh, I had an, I had a better point that I was going to get to. But anyway, I digress. It's no, okay. Now, now we know what was in 20-something Melissa's refrigerator. Yeah. And it wasn't very much. And if I lived alone right now, it would probably well, be the same and, and, thing. <laughs> <laughs> Troy has made our refrigerator a lot more i'm i'm glad he's alive to keep you alive me too i feel like you could be severely malnourished if you would have kept along yeah but i think i think at certain point in our lives we all relied on taco bell to feed us yeah it just it's it's a rite of passage i think when you're younger i'm really thankful they're around (laughs) (laughs) thank you taco bell right yeah, it's, it's just finding different solutions like that. Like it, there are plenty of ways to whatever is standing in your way. You can get around it. You can get yeah. past it. You have to be honest with yourself about why, why is that a roadblock and is it real? And you have to really be honest with yourself. And if you feel like you're having a hard time being honest with yourself, maybe ask the person who's the closest to you in your life, who knows you better than you might know yourself and say, why do you think I'm struggling with this? Why do you think that I'm having such a hard time with this? And maybe just having a conversation about it with someone really close to you who you can be honest with, um, they can help you kind of uh, deconstruct it and mm-hmm. figure out, help you get to the get to the bottom of it um, so you can resolve it. Yeah, and I think, because again, one of those roadblocks that we talked about, or we just kind of mentioned briefly, but it's, I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And a good way to find that out, A, there's Google. We've talked about that. There's a lot of information out there, but that can be overwhelming in itself because you go down the rabbit hole and then there's so much information that it wasn't really helpful in the first place. Ah. But chances are, <laughs> you know somebody who has been through it yeah. or who has done it. And I'm a big fan of talking to people who've already done it because mm-hmm. this happened with us with the podcast. I started doing research and it was really overwhelming. And then it was like, well, let's just talk to Brent because Brent has done it. Mm-hmm. And then he simplified everything for it. Now, he I did. do think it's important that if you're going to ask to pick somebody's brain, you pay for their time. Yeah, You I know agree. how that goes because a lot of times the person you want to talk to is probably successful, hopefully, and potentially very busy and their mm-hmm. time has that value. Everybody's time has value, mm-hmm. but there are, we've talked about it before where there are a lot of times people want to pick your brain, yep. but they, what they really want is to spend an hour with you. And sometimes they'll even say, well, I only want like 45 minutes and it doesn't sound like it's a lot, but for some people and some points in their career, 45 minutes is more than they have. Yeah. And it's, it's worth it 
to pay to pay them, it's an investment in yourself and it shows them that you respect them and they're going to be more willing to give you the advice. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, there are a lot of coaches out there and I don't just say this because it's one of the services I offer. It's because I won't work with just anybody. The mindset has to be mm -hmm. the same, but find somebody who resonates with you and what they do. And even if you're you know, a lot of these people, they, they charge expensive rates and you have to do certain commitments and there's reasons for that. But find the one that seems like this person can help me. Right. And hopefully you have friends or friends of friends. You just think who, who you know in your you own circle. Do. We all know people who know people. You just have to ask too. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and, and start with the people you know and say, hey, I'm I'm needing help with this or I'm looking into, you know, getting information on this. Do you know anyone who might be able to help mm -hmm. me? And you'd be surprised. It's, it's, it's wild yeah, how and, we're all connected. And a lot of times people that helps people feel good about themselves. When you come to somebody for advice mm -hmm. and that that's kind of one of those marketing type tricks in a sense that if you just go to somebody and you're asking them for work, yep. it, they could brush right past it. But if you ask them for advice, Mm -hmm. they might be more willing to engage with you and start a conversation that ends up leading to it down the line. But you don't want to just jump in asking for the thing. And you, and you don't want to be dishonest about it and pretend that you're trying to start a conversation with somebody when you're just looking for work. Because that right. has been happening to me a lot lately. People are like, oh, I, I think we have some good opportunities. We should meet for coffee. And then when we go to meet, they're looking for me to find them work. Mm -hmm. And then I, I feel bamboozled. Mm -hmm. if, if I can use that word, yeah, because no. it's, I feel like I've been people, misled from people have an agenda mm -hmm. right. and, or a motive. And yeah, no, I think that, that, that's not a good, good yeah. way to roll. But it, it's good to talk to somebody who has been through it. Like when I was thinking about leaving my old job and, and we know, I, I think through, I overly think through things and I do a lot internally, but I wanted to get the feedback from others. And during that time, I mean, I met with everybody I knew who owned a business, who was a freelancer. I, I mean, I think those are the same thing, but people use different terms. I, I talked to everybody mm -hmm. and I got very mixed uh, advice. Some people just said, you should stick with the job and stay with the security because it's so the unknowns that all, all of the roadblocks that people gave me as or potential roadblocks were things that I knew were not going to be an issue for me just because of my personality. Like it's, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm driven. I'm not going to let myself fail. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's possible. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. Mm -hmm. I just know that I won't allow it. Yeah. And so if something doesn't work, you hold a really high standard else. for yourself. I do. And there's, uh, that's a, I love that. And I, I do the same, but it's one of those things too, where there've been a lot of people in my life who've really inspired me through their action, you know, and the way that they live their life or the way that they shape their life. And, um, I think it's a huge compliment to another person to ask them, you know, how, how did you, you know, become successful or, well, you know, what's your, what's your mindset? I think there's so much to learn in, in other mm -hmm. people's ways or yep. watching, um, biographies on people who inspire you, uh, reading books about people who, you know, have just accomplished tremendous things, understanding what's really worked for them. And, um, if it's worked for them, there's no reason it can't work for you. If you decide to apply yourself, you know, what one man has done, another man can do. Do. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite quotes. And so also what hasn't worked for them. 
Because it's yeah. good to know. I mean, that and that was a big part of talking to Brent mm -hmm. about the podcast. He's already done all these things. So he's probably tried a bunch of things that didn't work. So why go and reinvent the wheel in the beginning? Yeah. Now, later on, you, you might develop your own. It's like when I, when I go into a new project with a new client because everybody works differently. And as much as I would love everybody to adapt to my way, like I've mm -hmm. talked about it, my the way I, I've been really successful in working with a bunch of different people is I adapt to what they need. So when I'm starting, I do things their way just so because it's easier for them to explain their process and then I can see their process. But as it develops, I might find different ways. I want to say better, but it's different and ways that might be more efficient or give them better information. And it happens over time. Yeah. But there, and there are times too, like what works for me is not going to work for somebody else and we need to do something a different way. But it's, it's a really good way to start is by talking to somebody who's already done mm -hmm. a lot of that trial and we'll error. streamline a lot of the, right. the process, just experience will streamline. Um, but the main thing is, is to get started and to, you know, you might be thinking about something for a really long time, but taking action, it is scary. Um, and we've talked about this before too. One of my favorite uh, little ideas is be fear walking, mm -hmm. you know, so you can be afraid, but just be afraid and keep walking, you know, keep, keep moving forward, even though you're scared, um, because you'll be making progress and then you'll be inching your way toward that result or that goal. And you're going to surprise yourself. And, you know, um, the amount of potential in that, that lives in each of us is just, it's limitless. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's all, it's all right here. It's all up in our minds right. and what we decide it to be. So, um, get to the bottom of your roadblocks. Don't be afraid. And, uh, we know you can do it. We believe in you. Yeah. So put on your sparkly shoes and kick the roadblocks out of the way and go pet a tiger. Keep. Does keep, that work? That, that's going to be like my awkward ending. Put on I'm, your I'm sparkly shoes and keep on walking. Hey, there you yeah. go. Talk the talk and walk the walk <laughs> in your sparkle issues. Thanks for tuning into the Womanpreneur Podcast. Until next time, you've got this.